Last week we were, um, we were talking about joy. And we're sort of talking about it again this week because that verse says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers. Now often in the New Testament, uh, the letters, there's preliminaries and there's things like that. Well, in this letter, well, James does introduce himself, but in verse 2 he goes and drops really a bombshell when he says, it, Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. I wonder how you'd feel, you know. Uh, this is letter from me, you've got problems, be happy. Well, it's not quite what he says, but it, you know, it's all sort of there. You know. You've got problems, well, what's the problem? You know, just be happy about it. Well, the key phrase, though, is because you know. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. You see, how we're going to face problems and have joy in our life is determined, uh, our attitude towards that is determined by our understanding of what's going on. You see, Paul isn't saying you must rejoice and you must have be full of joy because just think positively and everything will be okay. But it's actually based on some facts of life and based on some doctrine. So there are four facts of life in James that will begin to help us with that problem. We're going to look at how to handle them. So let's focus. Ooh, I didn't even fun that. That was very good. Yeah. So the first thing is to say problems are inevitable. In life, not just the Christian life, life is like that. There are problems, there are difficulties, there are setbacks, there are all these things. And scripture doesn't say if you encounter problems, consider it joy. It says whenever you encounter, whenever you, uh, encounter problems, consider it joy. Count on it. You know, we are going to have problems. We all know that. Oh, it's a fact of life. We have problems in life. Um, and Jesus said in the world, They vary in intensity. They will vary in duration. Some of the problems you face will more or less be nothing more than minor inconveniences. But some might well be major crises. They're going to come. They're inevitable. They're unpredictable. There's many kinds of problems. And then problems are purposeful. I like this one. Problems are like washing machines. They twist us, spin us around and knock us around, but we come out cleaner, brighter and better than before. So problems are purposeful. 
The problems that we get, they have value in our lives, if we will allow them, if our attitude is right. What's the value? Well, there are three problems, I think, that are three purposes of problems in our life that come here. The first one is problems purify our faith. James uses the word testing, as in testing gold and silver. I'm sure you know that uh, you heat the gold and silver up until very hot and the impurities come to the top and you can get them off. The dross gets burned off. And Job said, he has tested me through the refining fire and I've come out as pure gold. The first thing, the first purpose of the problems and the difficulties we have in our life is to test our faith, to purify us, to make us holy. That is what God is doing in our lives. So they're purposeful. And then there's strengthen our patience. The testing of your faith develops perseverance. And what James is talking about here is staying power. It's not a passive patience, but it's endurance, keeping on, keeping on. The ability to do that, the ability to hang on in there. And the Greek, again, is literally the ability to stay under pressure. Now none of us particularly like pressure and some of us are going to be having holidays over the next month or so. Now because the stress and pressures of life can get to us and we need that time to relax but God uses pressure the ability to stay under pressure to test our patience and to develop perseverance with us. We do everything to avoid it but actually at times it's good what God wants to do in our lives. And God uses problems in our lives to teach us how to handle the pressure, how to never give up, to persevere despite the problems and difficulties. And then problems sanctify our character, i.e. they do make us holy. They make us like Jesus. They help us to mature. They help us to grow. James says, the testing of your faith produces perseverance that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. That's God's long-range goal. His ultimate purpose is maturity as Christians. God wants us all to grow up. We start, when we first become Christians, it says elsewhere, we're, we're children, babies. But God doesn't want us to stay like that. He wants us to grow and he wants us to become like Jesus. And God's number one purpose in your life and my life is to make us like Jesus. And God is more, much more interested in building our character than in making us comfortable. He's far more interested in our holiness than our happiness. That's not the way we think. We all want to be happy. And don't get me wrong, God does want us to be happy. But more than happy, he wants us to be holy. He wants to build and develop our character to become like Jesus. And the problems we face, there is a purpose in them. If if we allow it. It's to do with our attitude. And I'll say a bit more about that in a minute. So this is what we need to know, that our problems are inevitable. We know that. Problems are unpredictable. We sort of know that. We sort of know that the problems are of many kinds, but sometimes we don't realise that there is a purpose in them, that God is using them to purify our faith, to strengthen our patience, and to make us like Jesus, to sanctify our character. So what do we, how do we handle our problems? Well, he says, consider it pure joy. Do not misunderstand what James is saying here. He is not saying, fake it. 
put on a plastic smile and pretend that everything is okay. James doesn't ask you to do that. He doesn't ask me to do that. God doesn't ask us to deny the reality that we have problems in our lives. Some of them are big, some of them are huge. That's not what James is saying. And he doesn't mean some sort of psychological pump-up based on nothing. He's not talking about masochism where we go, good, I get to suffer, isn't it great, it's wonderful, it's so lovely when I suffer. He's not having a martyr complex. You see, he's saying don't rejoice for the problems, but rejoice while you're in the problem. Don't thank God for the situation. We're not going to thank God for evil, but we thank God in the situation while we're going through it. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. You know, if we want to know God's will for our life, it's simple. He says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. But he doesn't say, For everything give thanks. Paul there in Thessalonians says, In everything give thanks. Why? It means we can thank God because we know that he still loves us, he still cares for us, he still wants the best for us and we also know that God can take the bad in our lives and turn it around and bring good in our lives if we allow him to. And it doesn't matter where our problems come from, we may have actually caused the problems for ourselves. We may have brought things on ourselves. Or, yes, maybe Satan calls them. He's done something in our life. Maybe it's simply a problem that society has brought on us. But the source of the problem doesn't matter. God can take all those things, even our own sin that brings problems, and turn it for good in our lives, for our growth and for his glory. That's why we can rejoice. And what makes a difference? Well, it is our attitude. It says, consider it pure joy. The word consider means take a deliberate look at It means to evaluate, to make up our mind once and for all. While we're living in the present, we look forward to the benefit that this problem can bring. Consideration is a choice. Thinking, it's what we can choose to think. We cannot control the circumstances that we go through, but we can control how we respond to them. Viktor Frankl, who uh, was in the Nazi concentration camp in Germany, said, They stripped me naked, they took everything my wedding ring, my watch. I stood there naked and all of a sudden realised at that moment that although they could take everything away from me, my wife, my family, my possessions, they could not take away my freedom to choose how I was going to respond. We choose, if we want to, to rejoice in the situation, not for the situation. And Psalm 34 verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Even when we don't feel like it. Even when the world seems against us and everything's going wrong, we can bless the Lord at all times. We can praise him at all times. You know, problems do not automatically produce blessings. Problems can destroy us if we allow them to. And we can either be bitter or better. Those two words, the I is the difference, isn't it? Bitter and better. I make the difference, my attitude. And problems can break us, 
but it's how we choose to respond. And we can, re- we can choose to rejoice and say, I consider it pure joy. I, 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 I'm going to rejoice in this situation. Then we request. Just talk to God, pray. When we've got problems, when we're going through difficulties. Verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So pray for the wisdom to understand what's going on. What's the purpose here? Why should we pray for wisdom? So we won't waste the opportunity to grow. We can be overwhelmed when we don't understand what God's doing. And wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view. There is no situation of life that we can't learn from, that God can't work in our lives to bring good and growth in us if we have that right attitude. So don't ask why, ask what. Why is to purify our faith, to fortify our patience, to sanctify our character. But ask, what do you want to teach me in this problem, in this difficulty? Why is this, what, what, what are you doing here, Lord? Help me to grow. What characteristics can I develop? So we uh, rejoice, we request, and then we relax. Joy is not the absence of suffering. It is the presence of God. And we can relax in the presence of God. We can trust God to know what's best for our life. We can cooperate with his purpose so we don't short-circuit the process. That's what's called faith. And Paul, oh, James says, when he asks, you must believe and not doubt. So let God work. Relax in his presence. Even in the suffering. Because joy is not the absence of suffering. It is simply resting in the presence of God. It's not always easy to have a joyful heart. I know that. And I know that I'm not perfect in this. When I get problems, I do the exact opposite of what I'm telling you to do sometimes. <laughs> Most of the time, actually. Because it's not easy, is it? You know, what James is saying here and what we talked about last week, it's so easy just to go, oh, this is dreadful. But even when we want to have that joyful attitude, it's still difficult. That's why we need to pray for wisdom to understand the trial and faith to endure the trial. We need them both. And James says we need wisdom to know what's going on and faith to hang in there and never, never give up. And I recognise this morning that there are people here this morning who are going through some tough times right now. It's hard. But you know, God cares. And God wants to give you his presence. And he cares so much. And he sees what we're going through. He's got our number. And as Jesus said, the very hairs of our head are numbered and For some people that's quite easy to count, but for others it's not quite so easy. But God knows. And he knows exactly where we are, what we're feeling. And God is working in your life and my life. He wants to work in our life. And God wants to make you and me like Jesus. There's a fantastic promise In verse 12 it says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. When he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. There is a future, as I said last week. There will be a reward. You know, I don't think when we get to heaven the reward will go to the pastors, the evangelists, or so much even for the people like Billy Graham. The rewards go to the people who quietly put up with difficult situations and develop the character of Jesus in their life. James says, there will be a crown of life and cast all your cares 
upon him. So rejoice, request and relax. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as, as I look out, there are many needs amongst all of us here this morning. Some people will have had a very discouraging week. Some have been living with persistent problems that has carried on for days and weeks, even years, and there seems to be no relief. And Lord, I know that some may have been tempted to doubt and just say, where are you, Lord? What are you doing? And yet, Lord, we come before you this morning and say, Lord, you know, we know that you care. Help us not to break under these trials. Help us to rejoice. Help us to learn. Help us to grow. Help us to profit from the problems, the stress, the difficulties. Lord, work in all of our lives for our growth and your glory. And with our heads bowed in the quietness of this moment, perhaps there are some of you here this morning who have never invited Jesus into your life. You've heard about God. You've heard about Jesus. Maybe you've become to church for a while. And what I'm not talking about is a religion, I'm talking about a relationship. It doesn't matter what your background is. The issue is a relationship with God. It's not where you've been that counts, it's a direction your feet are headed now. Simply say this morning, Lord Jesus, I don't understand it all, I don't understand all the problems in life, but as much as I know how, I want you to come into my life. Lord, please come in. Make me the person you want me to be. Help me to understand it more. As much as I know how I want to live for you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for dying for me. Others of you know the Lord, but you're going through a tough time right now. Just ask the Lord in quietness to give you the courage and that choice to rejoice. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is clear, it is relevant, it applies to all our lives. It helps us. Lord, encourage us this week as we think about this passage. Help us to grow. Help us to rejoice. Help us to become more like Jesus. Amen.